Good morning. Welcome to the Church of the Palms. My name is Philip Ellis, and I serve on the Executive Board of Deacons in our congregation. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. As we prepare for worship, let us bow our heads in prayer. Where there is hatred, let us sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. O divine master, grant that we may not seek so much to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. Now as we worship together, may our hearts receive his Holy Spirit, our ears listen to his word, and our voices be raised in praise to the glory of God.
Will you please stand for the call to worship? Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, bless his name. Tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations and his marvelous works among all the peoples. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Let us worship God. Dear friends, the scriptures urge us to acknowledge our sins in the presence of God, our Heavenly Father, to confess them with a penitent and obedient heart that we may be forgiven through his boundless goodness and mercy. Therefore, let us draw near to the throne of our gracious God in sincerity and truth and confess our sins together. Let us pray. Almighty God, in raising Jesus from the grave, you've shattered the power of sin and death. We confess that we remain captive to doubt and fear, bound by the ways that lead to death. We overlook the poor and the hungry and pass by those who mourn. We are deaf to the cries of the oppressed and indifferent to calls for peace. We despise the weak and abuse the earth you made. Forgive us, God of mercy. Help us to trust your power to change our lives and make us new, that we may know the joy of life abundant given in Jesus Christ, the risen Lord. Amen. Friends, hear the good news. Jesus calls us to follow him, and he will not lead us astray. His path is one of forgiveness, reconciliation, and renewal. Know that you are forgiven. 
And so you are ready to go out and serve loving God and loving neighbor. Friends, believe the good news of the gospel. Christ across the globe and down through the ages, let us state what we believe using the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Now, as we prepare to greet one another amidst this cold and flu season, some may be comfortable with a hearty hug, others more comfortable with a hearty handshake, and others more comfortable with an elbow bump. <laughs> so we invite you to be sensitive to what folks are comfortable with that are around you as we greet one another in Christ. So let us greet one another. Good morning. Good morning. 
Welcome to Church of the Palms on this uh, wonderful Sunday morning just prior to the Eagles' victory. We're so glad that you're here <laughs> and hope that you will. I really don't have a dog on that hunt, believe me. So, uh, but you know, what the heck. So we are so glad you're with us this morning and we hope that you will find the friendship pads in the pews and pass those along to your neighbor. We would love for you all to find the chance to meet some new people. And we're so glad that you're with us, especially if you have uh, come to us from far away. If you are a first time visitor, we're especially glad that you're here and hope that you will find an opportunity to get to know a little bit more about Church of the Palms. Next Sunday, we'll have a new members class. If you'd like to learn about being a member or an affiliate member, if by chance you have a membership already up north in a church, we would love to talk to you about that. But uh, lots of good things are going on here in our life. We have a new class starting today, 10:15, right after the service. Perfect time for you to kind of do something new. And it's called Talking So We Can Hear Each Other. No, this does not describe your marriage, but, uh, but anyway, um, talking so we can hear each other. We'd love to have you come to that, and it's being led by a couple of the therapists from Samaritan Counseling, our partner here at Church of the Palms, and uh, it will be a great opportunity for you to think about how it is that you express yourself and also how you let others express themselves to you. In room 202 upstairs in the Education Building, we'd love to have you come and join us for that. And then we have lots of things going on over the course of the next several weeks. It is uh, uh, that time of year, and we're fast approaching Lent. Ash Wednesday is a week from Wednesday on Valentine's Day, yes. So you can come to worship, and then afterwards take your sweetheart to, uh, to a place uh, where you can have some dinner. So we'd love to have you come and join us for that. Divas and Desserts is the following Friday on the 16th, and then... Uh, the uh, library is having a grand opening for their new space and their uh, new collection, so we'd love to have you come for that on the 18th of February. And then looking out ahead on March the 4th, we have a wonderful concert on Sunday afternoon, March the 4th, Children at Risk concert, where we are inviting the community to come and to wonder with us how better we can take care of those children in our community and in our life that are at risk. We want to make you aware that next week, uh, we think it's going to be blacktopped over there. We said that last week, but it didn't happen. So, but uh, because it's going to be freshly blacktopped, we may not be able to put you, your cars on it. So you might want to be aware of that. We'll make sure you find a spot, but uh, you might want to come a little early so that you can make sure to find a spot. And I got to do something this week that I've never done before in my life. I got to attend a birthday party by, of one of our church members who turned 105. Uh, Claire Mader it turned 105. She lives over at Bay Village. She is a regular, constant worshiper on our TV ministry. And uh, how about on the count of three, we say happy birthday, Claire, and she would just love to hear that from her church family. So one, two, three. Happy birthday, Claire. Amen. So, uh, and if you know Claire's, I'm sure she would love to get a card from you. She just turned 105 this past Thursday. So God bless her. And uh, you may notice we have a second piano on our chancel, and, uh, and you heard beautiful music come from both of them. Give them another round of applause, Jonathan and Genevieve. 
Don't get used to that second piano. It's on loan. It actually was here for a concert last night, and it's going away tomorrow, unless you want to donate it. And then <laughs> you can let me know, and we'd be glad to talk to you about that. Let's continue our worship with the presentation of our tithes and gifts and offerings. Let us pray. 
Our most gracious and loving God, we give you thanks for your abundant blessing in our lives every day that we enjoy. In this moment in worship, we bring this token of our gratitude and love for you. Accept them and multiply them so that you, this whole earth may be filled with your love and grace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please be seated as the children come forward for children's time. I'd like to invite all the children to come forward. Come on. Come up, come up. You can run if you like. I give you permission. <laughs> there comes Miss Carol. And so how many of you ate breakfast this morning before you came here? Oh, very good. I ate breakfast too. I was told that it's very important to eat breakfast. How about, have you ever been thirsty? Yes. So what do you drink when you're thirsty? Water. Water. Good point. How about you? Water. Water. How about you? Sparkling water. Sparkling water. My kind of girl. What do you drink when you're thirsty? Lemonade. Lemonade. That's part of water too, mostly. How about you? Do you drink something when you're thirsty? Anything. You're really good. So you drink water when you are thirsty, and me too. See, I, w I drink, what's this? Water. Water. Good. You're all brilliant children. I, so I was told that drinking water is really important. Do you agree? Yeah, you agree. Because it's good for our health and to live, we have to drink water. How many of you know how long can we live without drinking water? You do. Okay. Um, two days. Two days. How about you? Probably one and a half days for me. One and a half day for you. For me, it's like half a day. How about you? You can come to... Oh my gosh, you say that again. Everybody should hear you. Come closer. In the Bible it says Jesus said, said in the Bible it says that Jesus lived in the desert for 40 days and night with no water and food. You're brilliant. That is wonderful. Well, so anyways, even Jesus lived only Thank you. So we die when we don't have water. And even Jesus got thirsty. We saw that in the Bible story that Pastor Steve will be reading later. Even Jesus got thirsty and water is very important. But Jesus also said to this lady at the well who was giving him water, something that is even more important for us. What do you think? One guess for one person. What, what do you think is more important to us even than water? Wi-Fi. This, this, this is 2018 for sure. Well, that is too. You must be related to my husband. So, actually, it is very true. As true as that, and even more so, is love. We need love. Love is what gets us going. Whose love do you think it is? Well, I'm supposed to be very quick, so I'll tell you. It's God's love. We really need God's love. We need to believe in Jesus and because Jesus is God's love that was sent to us. Do you think you can remember next time you drink water 
to say to yourself, God loves me. How about that? Every time you drink water, say to yourself, God loves me. Jesus loves me. Let us pray. You repeat after me. Dear God, thank you for loving us all the time. Teach us how to love you back. Teach us how to love you back. And teach us how to love one another. And teach us how to love one another. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Now you may go to children's worship with Miss Carol. Thank you. Wi-Fi, water. <laughs> Depends on the day, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So this morning we're starting a new series, and it's called My Cup Overflows, and we are looking ahead to February 25th, uh, three weeks from today, where we will be receiving our commitments. Actually, it's going to be a big day. We're going to have a big party on the 25th of February called Love Life Celebrate, and we're going to be out underneath the tree after the, this service, and we'll have a picnic, and we'll have just a great opportunity to celebrate all of what is happening here at Church of the Palms. We'll be making our commitments, and we'll be reflecting uh, throughout the month about the fact that uh, our cup does, in fact, overflow when we are in relationship with God and how uh, we are given so many opportunities for that cup to overflow, to runneth over into not only uh, our own lives, but more importantly, into the lives of other people. So we will be looking at some of the stories, again, in the Gospel of John to do so. Today we're going to be looking at uh, this uh, perhaps familiar story that Mingy alluded to in John chapter 4 of uh, the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman at the well. So let's hear the word of God as it comes to us from John chapter 4, beginning at the seventh verse. A Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. His disciples had gone to the city to buy food, and the Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask a drink of me, a woman of Samaria. Jews do not share things in common with Samaritans. And Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that's saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. And the woman said to him, Sir, you, you have no bucket, and the well is deep. Where do you want, where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our ancestor Jacob, who gave us the well, and with his sons and his flocks drank from it? And Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But those who drink of the water that I will give them will never be thirsty. The water that I will give will become in them a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. And the woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I may never be thirsty or have to keep coming here to draw water. Jesus said to her, Go call your husband and come back. And the woman answered him, I have no husband. And Jesus said to her, you are right in saying, I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one whom you now have is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to him, sir, I see that you are a prophet. 
Our ancestors worshiped on this mountain, but you say that the place where people must worship is in Jerusalem. And Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father seeks such as those to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. And the woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. And when he comes, he will proclaim all things to us. And Jesus said to her, I am he, the one who is speaking to you. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. By your grace and through your mercy, we pray that you will once again allow these words to point to the word just read and to the word made flesh in Jesus the Christ, for we pray this in his name, amen. She had come to the well alone and she had had five husbands. She had come to the well alone, and she had had five husbands. And on top of it, she was a foreigner, a Samaritan. She was one of those that you just didn't spend any time with. If you were to ask her for it, she could produce for you a resume of reasons why you should not speak to her. The women from the village, when they came to the well for water, they'd always come together, catching up together on the local village news, helping each other to draw from the well. But, but she had come to the well alone because she had had five husbands. She made them feel a little uncomfortable and it's not that she was loose or immoral. You don't have to be much of a Bible student to know that that wasn't the case. This was a first century Palestinian woman. She had no power to marry. She had no power to divorce. She had been passed around by, of the, by the men of the village. She had been used and dispensed with. She had been abused, quite frankly, a first century Me Too. So she had a story that everybody stayed away from. And there she was at the well with her bucket, the abused foreigner. And the last person she expected to have a kind conversation with was a Jewish rabbi. But before she knows it, she's, she's talking to this Jewish rabbi, and, and the rabbi wants to know about what she's going to do with her bucket. Because she has some holes in her bucket. She keeps having to fill it up, and she never seems to have enough water to quench her thirst. And, and is there a better way? And she, she finally figures out that the rabbi isn't talking about her bucket bucket. He's talking about her bucket bucket. She's got a leaky bucket. Life has punched holes in her, enough holes in her, and she can't quite seem to hold on to what she needs to hold on to. 
and she has to keep filling it up with whatever she can get her hands on in order to have at least a little something. And the rabbi says, you know, you know, I know about some water that when you put it in the bucket, it doesn't leak out the bottom. It's kind of like that fix-a-flat stuff, you know, that stuff you put into your tire and, you know, it not only fills it up with air, but it also fixes the leak. Jesus says, I've got this living water, and, and when you put it into the bucket, it not only fills the bucket, it fixes the leak. It repairs the wound, it, it mends the tear, it plugs the hole. And before you know it, Jesus says, your bucket is filling, it isn't leaking, and it's, it's overflowing. Here, Jesus says, and holds out a ladle with this crisp, cool water. Here, take a sip. See what you think about this water. A businessman asked me to lunch, first time he's ever asked me to lunch. When I arrive at the restaurant, I notice his wife is dropping him off at the front door of the restaurant. What's up? I say, your car in the shop? I could have picked you up. That's why I asked you to lunch, he says, after we sat down and ordered. I got a DUI a few months ago, lost my license. I might be on my way to losing my marriage. And he goes on to tell me about how he's had one too many, one too many times, and, and the pressure at work, and he doesn't have a lot of friends, and, and I didn't think life was going to go this way. And he puts onto the table this old bucket, and it's got some holes in it, and he keeps trying to fill it with, with all the kinds of things he thinks he needs to fill it with, the booze and whatever else you can imagine, and there just doesn't seem to be enough of it. There, there's just too many leaks, and what the heck am I going to do, he asks. A recent college graduate comes to my office, and I think she's come to talk about what she wants to do with the rest of her life, what's her mission, what's her purpose, what's her calling in life, but instead she, she hands over her bucket, and it's got a big hole in the bottom. And she tells me that when she was a little girl, an uncle abused her many times and has put this big gash in the bottom of her bucket. And now she's cutting herself and she's sleeping around rather indiscriminately and she keeps pouring this stuff into her bucket, but her bucket never seems to fill. A high school junior sits across from me at the coffee shop, put there to talk to me under orders from his parents. That always works well. His grades are bad, he's quit the soccer team. He's running around with what his parents think is the wrong crowd. He's a good kid, I've known him since before his baptism, but his father's a workaholic and a taskmaster and emotionally unavailable. He gets his father more excited over his deal at work than over his boy's all-star selection. And though he's quite reluctant, after coffee number four, he lets me look at his bucket. Just enough to see the little cracks forming inside. It didn't take long after I was ordained to the ministry to figure out that each and every human soul is walking around carrying a bucket. 
In fact, it might be more accurate to say that each and every human soul is, in fact, a bucket, a vessel for that unique blend of human and Holy Spirit. From the very beginning of our days, we've been walking around carrying this receptacle of the Spirit, this, this container of invisible matter. And it, and it didn't take me long to realize that every single one of our buckets have some holes, some cracks. That's just, just the way life works, right? It puts holes in your bucket, wounds in the vessel of your spirit. Unavoidable. It goes with the territory. Life hurts some Sometimes life is unfair, and for some the cracks are tiny, and for others they may be gaping. For some the wounds are self-inflicted, and for others the wounds have been inflicted upon them. But suffice it to say, leaks abound, and we're all trying to figure out how to keep the bucket full. So Jesus tells the Samaritan woman about this living water, and for a while she doesn't know what he's talking about. She's looking around for some other well, some other bucket, some other ladle. But then it dawns on her, the living water of which the rabbi speaks is in fact the rabbi speaking to her. This rabbi is speaking to her. The village treats her like a pariah. The menfolk pass her from one from the other. But here's this Jewish rabbi who thinks enough to actually see her as a beautiful living soul. And, and, and what is happening as the rabbi is taking this time to talk with her is that grace is being poured into her soul. Unconditional love is being showered upon her. And just that, like that fix of flat stuff, the holes are slowly being filled and the cracks are being sealed and the bucket is starting to fill. That's what grace does. That's what unconditional love does. That's what divine mercy does. When we allow ourselves to get within earshot of the Savior, His word to us is that there is nothing we have to do to make ourselves acceptable. There's nothing we have to do to gain the pleasure and pride of God. There's nothing we have to do to earn our place before the Savior. When the Savior comes and sits next to us, his only hope is to fill us, fill us with this living and precious water that fills the vessels of our souls and spirits, and the Spirit rushes to all the cracks and holes over time, and the more we let that grace in over time, the cracks and holes begin to fill, and we begin to fill with it. You see, we can't really talk about the overflow life. You can't really have any expectation to overflow with generosity until you have first opened yourself up to receiving the gracious and healing and loving spirit of Jesus. Because until we receive the loving, healing, gracious spirit of Jesus, we're always going to be focused on filling our bucket with stuff that never seems to quench our thirst. And when I say stuff, I mean stuff. You know, the latest and greatest thing, the latest and greatest buzz, the latest and greatest high, stuff like, like Chinese food that when you get it, you're hungry in about 15 minutes. 
And it's because the holes are still there. But when you finally come to realize that the the greatest love of all, the love of our Creator, is a love directed right toward you, a love that you don't have to perform for or earn, a love that just loves you, wounds and all. That's when we begin to fill, and that's when we begin to overflow. For a long time, I followed the work of a ministry called Covenant House that began in New York City uh, decades ago. Covenant House is a ministry to runaway teenagers that has made it to other parts of the country, teenagers that have come from all over parts of the world, ending up in metropolitan areas, especially in the Northeast, and they are on the streets. And the Philadelphia ministry for a long time was led by a Greek Orthodox priest, black robe and all, named Father Steve Sinian, who made it his mission to simply walk the streets of North Philadelphia where he grew up to befriend these lost teenagers, to befriend these kids who were using, who were homeless, who were prostituting themselves, kids with big holes in their buckets. In one of the newsletters of the ministry I received years ago, they published a letter from one of these teenagers, a young woman who had gotten herself pregnant way too early and who had been influenced by this good Greek Orthodox priest. And here's a part of her letter to him. Dear Father Steve, I just wanted to write you because there's some things I really want to say to you. First, thank you. I truly believe God puts people in our lives for a reason. I believe you were put in mine to save me. And I thank you for your strength and faith to carry God's will out. You never looked down on me or made me feel like I was just a worthless waste of flesh. That's how I felt. Instead, you showed me and you cared for me and you believed that I was worth something. I was a person who didn't believe that. The person I was out there was never really me. I even felt like a failure because I couldn't kill myself the right way. I used to think that even God didn't want my life. Well, now I know I was right about God not wanting my life because I know that He wanted me to have my life. I'm grateful today just to sleep in a bed and wake up with a roof over my head. I don't want material things. I just want me. The best thing of all is my son learned to tie his shoes today. And guess what? He can double knot. That to me is a gift. So I just wanted to thank you for teaching me to have a little faith in myself. And I tell you, this is one gift from God I won't be returning. Love, D. I don't want material things, says D. I just want me. You know, when we get called to the communion table, I think we get called back to ourselves. And when we find ourselves, we find that we don't want the stuff anymore. We just want us. 
It's what we most want is ourselves, not ourselves by, defined by somebody else, not ourselves as defined by our past story, but ourselves as defined by the one who put us here to begin with, the one whose word to us is grace, pure grace, his love poured into us just like pouring into that chalice. And he says that that's who we are. We are a vessel of grace, a vessel of unconditional love, a vessel of living water all the way over the top. My cup runneth over. And when your cup runs over, it means that somebody else gets quenched. come to this table, not because we're all filled up, not because we are fully satisfied, not because we all have perfect buckets. We come to this table because we have some holes, we have some cracks, we have some wounds, we have this yearning to be filled and we can't quite figure out how to fill ourselves. We come to this table perhaps because we, we know of the Savior, we know of his yearning to fill us with his spirit, to fill us with his grace, to fill us with his love. And this table gives us another chance to come, not because we think we've earned it, but because we know we need it. And to find here this unconditional meal, this, this feast that is intended for all.
So come. It's okay if your bucket is empty or half full. It's okay if you feel like your life is just leaking because that means you've come to exactly the right place, to the one who yearns to fill us again with that living water which quenches our thirst. Hear the words of the institution of the Holy Supper of our Lord Jesus Christ as they are delivered by the Apostle Paul. I received with the Lord that which also I delivered unto you that the same night in which he was betrayed, our Lord took bread. And after he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, this is my body broken for you. When you eat of this, remember me. And after supper, Jesus took the cup and he said, this is the cup of salvation, the cup of the new covenant. When you drink of this, remember me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you remember the Lord's death until he comes again and he will come again. Let us pray. We are so grateful, O Lord, that you have promised to be with us at this table, that your unique presence is found with us in this meal and in our fellowship with one another. We ask, O Lord, that you will allow these common elements to become for us heavenly food, and that we truly, as we receive this bread and drink from this cup, that our deepest hungers and our deepest thirsts will finally be satisfied. All this in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Our Lord took bread.
me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. And thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. For surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And after supper, Jesus took the cup.
Jesus said, come unto me, all of you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and gentle of heart, and you shall find rest for your souls. I am the bread of life, says the Lord. Those who come to me shall never hunger. Those who believe in me shall never thirst. Those who come to me I will in no way cast out. For blessed are those who do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. We give you thanks, O oh God, for this holy feast that we have just received from you. Now we pray that you'll send us out into the world, sharing the stories and love and grace of Jesus Christ, our living water. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with you now and forevermore. Amen. Amen.